Thanks for listening to the AW360 podcast from Advertising Week. My guest today is Britt Farrow, principal and founder at PB Ant, a female-owned Seattle-based agency that describes themselves as fiercely independent. Britt and I discuss the meaning and importance of authenticity, as well as how her agency's agility was able to help them weather the COVID storm. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Britt Farrow, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you here. So you are principal and founder at PB and, and I would be remiss not to ask what happened to Jay. <laughs> well, there's nothing fixed at the end because really the meaning behind the name is when you bring different but complementary ingredients together, great things happen. Much like if you pair peanut butter with just about anything. I love that. See, peanut butter is one of my most favorite things in the world. It's my uh, my most important and essential food group. So, you know, the, the pairing it with without anything is is pretty much where I'm at. So th that's a, that's a great answer. I love that. Tell me a little bit about what you do at PBN. You know, I founded PBN about five years ago after several years in the agency agency world. Um, and really the core of PBN is designed to help clients move from thinking to action quickly. Um, so we're a full service agency, but many describe us as a strategic consultancy meets production company. And I think at the core, you know, we believe, we believe there shouldn't be a choice between strong strategic insight, stellar ideas and speed to market. And that's really how we designed our model. Um, that looks a little bit different than a traditional agency model, just to help clients be more nimble and get to more interesting ideas. Excellent. And so with that sort of nimbleness, how have you at PB and weathered the COVID storm? I mean, I would think, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, I would think that anybody positioned to be nimble would also have been found themselves to be pretty nimble in adjusting to the, the sort of new temporary normal, as it were. Yeah, you know, the last 18 months have been really interesting, and I think it has reinforced the need for nimbleness for certain. Um, one of our largest clients was in the travel space, um, and so that was a nimble pivot um, and kind of a, a shocking business reality, right? Um, that we needed to help ourselves find new sources of growth uh, because of that. It, travel was just hit so hard. But another one of our clients is in the healthcare space. We work with the digital innovation team at Providence Health. And, you know, Providence was it handled the first COVID case in the US. And so we were uniquely positioned to help them really, you know, change our plans that we had in place for 20, 2020 and help them take advantage of being a thought leader, being a digital innovator in a time of COVID and how to use technology to help in healthcare. Uh, we, we really saw our ability to just go, okay, we're going to have to shift and not be nervous about that and not be beholden to kind of a traditional structure of our team. We really kind of went all hands in and said, how do we change the way our clients work? How do we change the way we work? And how do we help them figure out new solutions that honestly had to keep evolving? And I think because of the way we're set up, we were able to do that without sweating quite as much um, and not really feeling pain because of that, but actually getting some energy out of that and just being able to flex our creative muscles and think differently about how we are going to handle the situation. 
And internally, you know, you're based in Seattle. Seattle was kind of a ground zero early on in the pandemic. How did that affect your day-to-day operations and, and how are you guys coming back to the office or are you? Yeah, um, you know, I, I have to tell you a funny story. We were all supposed to, a bunch of us were planning on going to the Pac-12 tournament uh, the <clears throat> the week COVID really kind of took over, right? Um, and I remember that night just calling the team and saying, nobody's going anywhere. And in fact, we're not coming back to the office. And I think you saw, you know, a lot of the big tech companies here start to shut down, start to send people to work from home. And so I think we made that decision kind of early on, you know, um, and we're one of the first, one of that first set of businesses here to say, okay, we're going to, we're going to work from home. And it felt so weird at first, um, but we had so many clients that were also starting to do that. And I think we've weathered it pretty well. Seattle has had some of the tightest restrictions, uh, I think. And so having each other through all of that, even if it's virtual, but being able to talk through that. Um, has been really good. And I, I think in terms of coming back to the office, we will. Um, we kind of said, I'm giving everyone the summer to really enjoy some normalcy, um, enjoy the Seattle weather. Um, and come September, we'll come back to the office in sort of a hybrid model. Um, we're doing a work from wherever Wednesday permanently, uh, and we'll see where it goes from there. But we've never had a really strict structure of like, you must be in the office from nine to five. Um, but I think, you know, as, as well as we've done being apart, the magic of being together is missed. And I think there's so much of that organic conversation that you do need to have in the same four walls. Oh, definitely. And I assume then that the, the staff response to that has been largely positive, that flexibility. It has, you know, um, it's interesting. I've had, I have folks on kind of either end of the spectrum, some that are, would be back in the office today um, if I said go. And I have others that are like, oh, I really like working from home. I'm really productive that way. And they are. But I think everybody also recognizes that magic and the need to be together in some way, shape or form. And so I think that's where, you know, as a business owner, you have to be flexible and say, hey, I'm not asking you to be here. I don't want you to twiddle your thumbs from nine to five, right? Like it, if we don't have to be there, go out and do whatever, work from home, that's okay. But we also need to be okay with having meetings in the office and being together and spending some time in the office together. And so we're finding the happy, happy medium. Um, to let everyone be the best version of themselves. And in kind of thinking of the same thing, but shifting more to like the brand client side, what are you seeing there in terms of adapting to what's next and actually what's here and what's coming? I mean, there, there is, I think, this expectation of a return to normalcy, but I always kind of think we've been sort of talking about that as a society for several <laughs> months now, and we haven't quite got there yet. So I, I personally, I kind of question, you know, what does normal really look like moving forward? I don't personally think we're there yet, but I'm always kind of curious to know how are brands viewing it? You know, I totally agree with you. Like the question of what is normal now, um, I don't think anyone has an answer to. I think the biggest thing I'm seeing and a conversation I've been having with our clients a lot is like annual planning isn't going to be a thing anymore. I, I think that the world has just changed in a way that people understand, you know, 
having an annual plan doesn't allow for the best work necessarily either. And to really tap into what's happening in culture and how categories change, we're probably looking more at like an every quarter kind of thing. And a lot of brands have always done quarterly planning, but this is more of like, to me, the new normal and what that means. And then I think there is a new, like a renewed sense of empathy that needs to happen on the brand side, right? Um, empathy has always been key to creating great work, creating great strategy. Um, but the need for empathy in all sorts of different places is even greater. And really listening to how people are doing, what they are doing, not just what they're buying and not just what they're saying, but how are they feeling? And where can brands really tap into that? Where can they like learn from that and find insights because of that? And I think that's going to be a big shift. Um, and you know, something brands have to get better at, not just listening to what people say about them, but just listening to what people are saying and finding new opportunities because of that. One of the other principles that you guys appear to have is that of purpose. How does purpose work with empathy and, and how do you work with brands to emphasize those things versus you know, the kind of traditional sell, sell, sell? Yeah, you know, I think that purpose word has become a word du jour in, in many respects over the past year, right? Um, and I think one of the things we try to talk about with brands a lot is how are you going to be a force for good? Nobody needs another product, no matter how cool your product is, right? Like we don't need to buy more stuff, really. Um, and so how can your brand also be a force for good in the world? And how do you carry that forward? Um, how are you a brand of action? And how are you adding value to someone's experience with you or someone's life in general? And those are questions we ask a lot. And I think, you know, purpose isn't just about being a responsible company. Um, I think there's a difference and both are important. Uh, but, you know, you watch how cultural events and social justice initiatives have taken on such meaning over the past 18 months. And there's a responsibility for brands to participate in those conversations, but that doesn't make it their purpose. And so helping brands really understand like, why are, why do we do what we do? Not just what is it that we're great at, but why are we really doing this? And help them celebrate those stories and help them bring that to the forefront. Because I think today people want to know the why behind what they buy, right? Not just what's in it for me, but like, what's this company about? Do I feel good being, being a purchaser of this brand? Do I feel good being an advocate for this brand. And so those are conversations we're having more and more. And a lot of times it's, it's right there in the company. You just have to look for it. You have to ask the right questions. And it's not something that has to be invented. You just got to dig it out. And in terms of brands that you work with, or maybe even brands that you don't, mm -hmm. who in your mind is, is really doing that well right now? Um, you know, I, I do look at Starbucks as an example of someone I think has always had purpose at their core. Um, they've never just been about selling a cup of coffee, right? They've been about furthering a place for people to come together, furthering that idea of community and 
you know, really inspiring the human spirit piece. Um, and so, yes, they're based here, um, but I, I, I have looked at them and how they've dimensionalized that in so many different ways from farmer equity programs to uh, partnerships with Feeding America to what they do on localized community levels. I think that is purpose. Um, and obviously Patagonia is another great example of that, right? And how they really live their purpose. Um, but you, one of our clients uh, that we work with is Windermere Real Estate actually. Um, and what's interesting about Windermere is that 1% of all of their home sales uh, goes into a foundation and goes back into the community and into their foundation. And I think that's something they've been very quiet about in the past. And over the past 18 months, we've really encouraged them to make that much more of a focal point for their brand. And as a brand, their purpose is really to be about going all in for the communities they serve, not just the people and helping you find a house you love, but going above and beyond to make their community a better place. And so they're reinvesting those dollars into initiatives that help tackle homelessness in certain areas. They invest that back into youth programs or beautifying neighborhoods. And right now they're also investing that in um, kind of career development programs for BIPOC individuals to help create a, a more diverse, diverse workplace in real estate. And I, I think it's those commitments that oftentimes brands wanna be very modest about, and I understand that, but it's meaningful that it's not just real estate to get rich and to sell ex expensive homes, right? Um, it is for a greater good and to try and give back and build the communities they work in. That's that's actually really interesting. I have a pair of relatives that work for Windermere and I really had no idea that they did that. So it's kind of strange that they keep it quiet, but you know, at the same time, I guess there's there's a certain amount of, you know, if you're doing good, you know you're doing good. And maybe that's enough for some brands. It actually kind of leads into my next question though. Purpose is, I think in our industry, a very overused term. I think one of the others that I can think of right off is authenticity. It's one of those things that everybody strives for or thinks they're striving for. Everybody wants to tell you that they're authentic, but my rule of thumb for a long time has always been, if you're telling me you're authentic, maybe you really aren't because I should feel that and know that I shouldn't have to be told that. How do you approach that with brands who are looking to be more purposeful and demonstrate that purpose to consumers, but balance that so that it doesn't come off as fake or contrived in any way? I think a big part of that is looking for what exists. I have talked to brands who are like, hey, we need to do some purpose-related stuff. What should we support? Right. And it's like, well, we're having the wrong conversation, <laughs> right? Because that's not going to be your purpose. I can tell you that already. Um, and I think that's where we start a lot with just conversations with company execs. Tell me about the culture here. What do you value? Right? Like, what are you invested in? Why, why did you start this company? Why do you work here? And I think you have to look for something that is there. And then you can talk about how that translates into purpose, if you will, with a big capital P. But 
you have to start with what a company truly values and not then decide like, how do we make this authentic? It just is to your point. Like if it's authentic, then it's real and you just find it. You find that piece of you that has always been there, but maybe you don't see it as much, right? Sometimes you need someone else to look at you and go, do you realize that you do this? Do you realize that there, there's all this stuff here that you already invest in and it's meaningful to you? And so you don't have to convince people that it's your purpose. People will rally behind it because it's already there. They already do. And I, I think that's the key in a lot of these purpose conversations is finding something that is real and not something that's manufactured. And I think that's where you see a lot of brands, you know, kind of get into trouble of speaking too soon on something that might not really be there or trying to attach themselves to something that it's like, why are you supporting that? Right? Like, okay, seems really random, probably because it is. And, and so I think that's the biggest opportunity for agency partners too, is to say, let's have a conversation about what already exists and let's mine that and do something with it. We don't have to always invent something new. If I were to ask, what is PB Ann's purpose? What would you say? This probably isn't an eloquent answer, but I think our purpose has a lot to do with our values of our company and being curious and courageous. And as employees, um, we help people find new parts of themselves that they didn't know they were great at and exercise new skills and grow beyond a traditional uh, title or role. And I think we also help brands be more curious and courageous in solving problems. And I think that's some of our purpose. Um, and you know, from, from a community involvement perspective, we're trying to find those things that we really wanna use our talents for good. Um, we've done some things with the food industry here who have been big partners of ours over the past five years uh, and suffered a lot over the past 18 months. Um, but I think that is our purpose, is to create a place where curiosity and courageousness come together. That was extremely eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hard question. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's... It, it's good. No, I, I, I think that was an amazing answer. Well, Britt, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. This, is, this has been wonderful. AW360 is a production of Advertising Week, the world's premier content and events destination for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries. For more content like this, visit advertisingweek.com.